Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Fully Human podcast. Um, Today is a very exciting episode for me. It is an interview with Max Egan, who is an Australian activist for truth, freedom, and the power of human consciousness. This interview was recorded on November 16th, so a couple weeks before it's being posted, now in early December. Um, I chose to wait to post it because the topic is quite controversial, and at the time of recording this, I'm in Australia, um, on my way to Mexico. If this is live, I am either on my way or already in Mexico. I decided to hold off posting it because if you listen to the interview, like I said, um, it is rather controversial in topic. Max is is quite a force. He's been leading this movement and he's been speaking about many of the things that we're seeing in the world today for the past decade and a half. And so speaking with him was quite special for me, knowing that Mexico is the, cho- um, the place that I had chosen to move to. And when I saw that Max had moved there, um, it really cemented my my choice to start off in Mexico at least. Um, Yeah, so this conversation is about his decision to move to Mexico, how it's going there. Um, We talk about the debate between staying or leaving your home country if you're concerned about what you're seeing unravel in relation to this pandemic and the measures that your government may be taking to protect you. I use that word very loosely. Um, Yeah, we talk about some predictions for the future, where he sees the world going in the next couple of months to, to the year. We talk about crypto and the role that that may have in creating an alternate kind of parallel economy, but also the importance really of reconnecting with the real world and the role that AI and technology and smart tech and our smartphones and all this stuff, the role that that kind of plays in in generating many of the problems that we're seeing um, with the government overreach. Yeah, as a result of the the current global situation. So yeah, it was really an honor to interview Max and I hope that you take a lot away from this episode. As I mentioned in the episode, I will link in the show notes uh, a link for you to help support Max in his mission and donate if you feel called to do that. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. I am uh, on my way to Mexico as this is posted live, so that's pretty exciting. That is the next chapter for me of my life, and I will keep you guys posted on that journey once I land. Enjoy! Oh, and there is a slight technical difficulty towards the end of the podcast when I'm asking Max a question about hope for the future. Um, Yeah, the audio skips. So just a heads up, it's not you, it's me. How are you, darling? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You seem to have a nice, quiet location. Have you you changed um, areas? I have. I'm in a different location to what I was in uh, in Acapulco. Nice. How's it going there? Good. Good. I'm settling in. All right. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a mission, different sort of a reality for me. But yeah, yeah. all good. Um. Well, hi. Nice to meet you. 
Nice to meet you too. And thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it on a personal and, um, yeah, for everyone who's going to listen. I think the, the information will be hopefully very useful to people. Thank you, Dara. I hope so too. Um, should we just dive in? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so um, many of the listeners, I mean, I've decided on my next chapter in Mexico, leaving Australia, but many people who read the website and listen to this podcast are quite concerned about the state of their uh, countries and are kind of torn between the stay and go debate. Do you bunker down and find land or do you leave the country to find somewhere hopefully um, with more less tyrannical overreach. And I thought maybe you could share your story and what prompted you to make the decision to leave Australia. Well, are you, whereabouts are you? Are you in Australia or are you the in moment, the United yeah. States? Yeah, I'm in the US. I'm in uh, Australia, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, like my decision to leave was intuitive. Yeah. Um, I just had a feeling I had to leave. I, I, I was the last thing I expected to do. Mm-hmm. It was just an intuitive thing. I felt I've, I've got to go, I've got to go. If I don't go, something very bad is going to happen. Yeah. And so I just, just did it and I left. Interestingly, a week after I left, all of these bad things happened. The police went and, and searched my house. I mean, all, all sorts of stuff happened. Yeah. I fully believed they were going to set me up as a right-wing extremist and they were going to use that to... You know, all the people I'm associated with, I'm, I've, I've got a lot of contacts within the resistance in Australia. They can go through my computer, everybody on my Skype list, on my Telegram channel, um, everybody. If they can paint me as a right-wing extremist, they can do it with all of them. They can yeah. neutralise the resistance. And I've seen a lot of indications since I left, all talks of right-wing extremism and they're expecting a domestic terror. I mean, it's just like clockwork. It's, Dan's it's, new bill. Yeah, they're talking about it now. So yeah. that's why I left. And also, I mean, maybe it's a bit of a shake-up for the people in Australia of just how serious this is. I mean, I've been screaming the warning bells for 14, 15 years. I've been out there on the front line fighting almost by myself for a long, long mm-hmm. time. And it's got to the point now that people are seeing it. I mean, and, and really as far as um, hunkering down, I mean, if you can't leave, mm-hmm. then I'd be definitely getting out of the cities and I'd be definitely, like, finding my tribe and yeah. finding people with which to weather the storm, because you're going to see a split in society. You really are with what's happening, the the amount of people that have taken this jab, things are going to change. I mean, they're genetically modifying these people and they're destroying their immune systems. And the more jabs they have, the more their immune system is going to be destroyed. And it's it's going to cause a, a real split in society. We've got these genetically modified humans. I mean, anybody's had the jab, you're going to be having genetically modified children from now on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's we're, we're seeing a real divergence and separation of the two types of human that are coming out of this event. And it's, it's almost got to the point now that, it, you know, we, we've passed the point of no return. Even if we pull the governments down now and, and call for all this to stop and mm-hmm. arrest them all and stop it immediately, yeah. there's already so many people have had this jab. So, uh, and some really interesting stuff's coming out. I mean, um, it's all about transhumanism, as much as people might think that's uh, out of the question. This is everything that I talked about in my film in, in 2012, Transformation, how they're going to genetically modify us from the inside out. Mm-hmm. A really interesting thing that, about this is, uh, and this is something I'm going to do in my walk and talk today that I'm going to do after this this yes. conversation. I'm going to go and have a bit of a walk. Um, 
the mRNA, this is an mRNA vaccine. Yep. And something people need to look at is the um, way you can affect mRNA through light frequencies, the application of light frequencies. Mm -hmm. And you can go and just, just uh, search on Google or any search engine the numbers L17 mm -hmm. and mRNA. And you'll find the new lights that they're putting all around Australia. I've got L17 written on the bottom. These are LED lights that have L17 written on the bottom. You can use these lights to affect mRNA in all sorts of ways through different frequencies to modify people's behaviour, yeah. all sorts of things. So we're going to literally see like a zombie apocalypse, I think, with a lot yeah. of these vaccinated people with just mind control. And this is why a lot of the people that are even getting the jab mm. are becoming absolute advocates for it and they're oh. repeating all the same lines. Don't you trust the, the government? Line. Mm, trust the government. Yeah. And even when you tell them that, oh, look, you, you might die from having this jab, their general response are, well, it is what it is. Yeah. And you'll find that comes from tens of thousands of people. It is what it is. It's, it's almost like they're being fed information. It's almost like these are, these are downloads and the, the, just this government scripted line is coming out of mm -hmm. all these people. So we're going to see a real separation. And, you know, if we don't pull the government down and replace these people and realise this is a crime that's been committed here, yeah. this is a major crime against humanity, the, the Australian government has completely overstepped their reach. They are all in abuse of the opposite they hold. They're carrying out misconduct in public office. They've invalidated themselves, yeah. abdicated any privilege they had to even call themselves government. And they're destroying the country under the pretext of keeping people safe. So... You know, we've got to call it out. But even if we were to do that and replace all these people now, like I said, a lot of damage has already been done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're heading for very interesting times. I mean, yeah. even with all the health staff resigning and the, and the police resigning, so even if people get sick, where, where's the health staff going to be there to look after them? You know, so they don't intend for a lot of people to survive this. And that, that's the important thing. And this, this isn't a mistake it isn't that they overreacted against the virus. This is very, very well planned mm. and it's been meticulously orchestrated. Yeah, well, like you said, it's being called a vaccine, but actually it's gene therapy. And so there's a lot of, like, even within the health um, community, thinking that you can detox from something. You know, childhood vaccines are much different to what's going on right now. Um, it's quite This doesn't meet the legal criteria to be called a vaccine. No. It isn't a vaccine. It's an no. injection. I don't know if it's therapy. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about therapy. It's very therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely genetic modification. Yeah. Yeah. And it's they say it's experimental. I mean, it's only experimental, I think, in as much as there's going to be different genetic environments they're injecting it into because of different lifestyles, different mm -hmm. foods, different vaccines they've had in the few, in, in the past. So yeah. they've set up different genetic environments. So that part's experimental. Yeah, it's never been this wide, widespread. Yeah. Yeah, but all the damage has been caused. I think they're, they're totally aware of this and I expect it to happen. I don't think any of that's experimental at all. And the most horrendous way is they're killing people. Yeah. You know, organ failure and, and babies being born with rashes. And, oh, I just you know. saw I just saw an article in the Smithsonian that um, climate change is being used mm. as the reason that babies are being born with heart defects. I, I, I just read that that's myself rich. today. I was going to like, mention seriously. that. Like, of course, how silly of us. <laughs> it isn't the vax that's causing teenagers to have heart attacks. It's climate change. Yeah. Of course it is. It's the perfect I mean, marriage you, of all the conspiracies just kind of like. <laughs> you, you can't make this shit up. I mean, I, I wonder if they're actually going to be able to get people to believe that. Well, of course they will. It's from a respectable yeah. news source, from CNN. It must be true. So Incredible. A lot Absolutely. of people... Um 
when we think of like the brave heart, right, fighting, going, going to war for what we believe to be true, this is a very different type of situation in the world right now, where there isn't exactly a person that you can fight. Um, people are trying to use the legal system basically to take this down, but the system itself is what's broken and corrupt. And you know, in Australia, they're going, the teachers are fighting, which I think is definitely a part of showing that you are not okay with what's going on. But how far do you think the protests and using the legal system to fix this problem, like how do you fight this modern war? With non-compliance. Yeah. Um, the, the protests are good in as much as they show solidarity. Yeah. They inspire people. You do go away from these protests feeling completely energized. Mm. But as far as the legal system, the only purpose in using the legal system is to demonstrate to people how ineffective the legal system is. Mm -hmm. The legal system is there to protect the politician, to protect the system, not to offer you remedy. You know, and it's it's completely corrupt from the ground up. So you can expose it by attempting to use it and think that you'll get some result. You won't. Mm. You know, so there is no remedy. There is no remedy there. The only remedy is non-compliance. And even when people are like the, the teachers are standing up and all that sort of stuff, and that's great that they're doing it. But they're going there and, and thinking that they actually have to petition these people and ask them, no, no, th these people are public servants. They're employed to do things responsibly. Just sack them. Yeah. Just don't do what they say and do what is right. If everybody was to step into their moral compass and stop complying with all these guidelines, take their masks off, don't put any QR codes out the front, it'll all go away. Mm. You know, something that people should do that I've been saying for years and years is throw away their smartphones. The smartphone is the new world order. Mm -hmm. This is what people don't understand. What's going on behind this is artificial intelligence. Even when you scan a QR code, I mean, look at a QR code. What is that? Can you read that language? Can anybody read that language? We don't know what that says. That's computer language. You know, people want someone to blame. We'll blame a different group. We'll blame the Jews. We'll blame the Jesuits. We'll blame anybody. You could remove all these groups. If you continue to use this technology, then you are building your own smart prison. That's what's happening. The more people give up their individual life skills and, and put this technology in place of those life skills, but people can't even find their way around town anymore. People can't spell anymore. They use spell checkers. Mm. People can't write anymore. They use keyboards. People can't draw anymore. They use Photoshop and these 3D graphics programs and things. You know, like people are losing all of their life skills. And this AI is what is behind all of this. Mm -hmm. And they want you to have these groups to blame. I mean, sure, there's there's certain groups, like a, there was a Jewish mafia that's done a lot of bad stuff, but you can point your finger at them all, the, all you like. It's like the two minutes hate in 1984. You are sitting there pointing your energy at this group that has been put there for you to hate so that you won't pay attention to what you're doing in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. And if you stop doing these things, it would go away. Yeah. You know, this whole social construct that we've got and this whole dependence upon artificial intelligence that we've got, that's the underlying factor. And what we're heading for is, is an AI-controlled reality that will completely dehumanise and, and control every aspect of the human being, mind, body and soul. That's what we're heading into if mm -hmm. people don't pay attention. And, and it's got to the point now that AI is running the whole thing. It's algorithms. Even when they look at their responses to COVID and then their responses to everything, they look at the computer and they get a computer algorithm that tells them what to do. Mm -hmm. And it's all leading it more into more automation and more AI control. 
Yeah. That's what's going on. So that, you know, that's the best way to defeat it. Just put all the tech down and become human beings again. Remember who and what you are. Yeah. I've been saying it for years. That's you know? what's making me um, really pulling me to leave Australia is that even the people I know who would never get the vaccine, many people stop at thinking it ends with a vaccine. I think it's actually starting with a vaccine. And mm. you might go to a protest, but if you're still scanning in with your QR code to get into the grocery store, the agenda, you know, the cogs are just turning. And um, a lot of people feel it is inspiring to see the protest, but I think it's also driving some complacency and some false sense of hope that the protest in of itself is going to lead to the dismantling of what's happening. And I mean, mm. we've seen it in the documentaries, people... The, fa the protests are factored in. They know the protests are going to happen. And if anything, it could lead actually to the militarization of places like Victoria. You know, too many protests, well, bring the military in because... Um, mm. yeah. The military comes along to start the, the problems. I mean, the riot squad comes along to start a riot. That's yeah. what they do. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, the protests are good for solidarity, like I said, but mm -hmm. they are, as you say, a little bit of a pressure relief valve as well. You know, people... It's like the Occupy Wall Street movement. I said, people don't need to occupy Wall Street. We already occupy the entire world, but we don't <laughs> occupy ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you remember who and what you are, you can simply stop complying right from your own home. You mm -hmm. don't have to go and put yourself in harm's way. All you've got to do is step into your moral compass and do the right thing in all that you do. And don't comply with any rule or legislation which causes you to step outside your moral compass. I mean, you know what's right and wrong. Everybody knows what's right and wrong. Yeah. You know, but it's it's the masks and the fear that the media is putting to people is the problem. You know, wearing these masks. And it won't go away with the vaccine. Like you say, if you, if you take this vaccine, you've given up your bodily autonomy yeah. and it won't stop from there. And now they're saying that will give you your freedoms back if you have your vaccine. Well, this is like getting a little reward for a puppy if you've taught it to jump through a hoop or sit on command, you know? It's a it's a privilege. It's a reward. Which, of course... That's not what we employ government to do. No. It's quite, the way it works is you are either free or you are not free. Yeah. There is no middle ground with this, you know? Privileges are not freedom. If you think privileges and freedom can be granted to you by government, then you're not free to begin with, and all of those freedoms and privileges can be taken away at any time. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to give up your bodily autonomy, well, how, how worthy are you of even owning this body that the Creator gave you for this experience? If you're going to give up and say someone else controls your body, mm -hmm. what are you worth, you know? Yeah. So why Mexico? And maybe why? what other countries did you consider in, in making this move? Um. I came to Mexico because people in Mexico don't like the government for a start. So um, it seemed a pretty good place, pretty good reason. Um, but it was all intuitive. I mean, the whole thing, like I said, was intuitive. I didn't really know where I was going. I have friends uh, all over the place, but I had someone in Mexico that could give me uh, you know, a room for a week or two. Mm -hmm. So I knew I'd have somewhere on my feet. I'd land on my feet. Um, and, yeah, it's been crazy since I got here. I mean, they've cancelled my bank accounts and all sorts of things since I came. So I don't know what – I've got to try to open another account because all the things I have on automatic payments, like my, my mailing list and my website mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff, uh, is all automatic payments from my bank, and they've closed that down. So I've got to try to um, work on getting a, a bank before the end of the month. 
Well, I'll make That's sure wrong. we'll link to your Bitcoin donation at the end. I'll put it down in the well, comments. Well, you don't have to do that, but um, yeah. Yeah, thankfully, oh, I would love because to. I'm in Mexico, I can actually use Bitcoin here. So, I mean, I guess that was intuitive as well. Yeah. It's, it's interesting as well. I mean, I went to the United States mm -hmm. and I was going to stay there for a few weeks or a month. I was going to catch up with some people in Arizona and then I figured I'd come to Mexico. But I was, again, I was in this hotel and I just had this intuitive thing that now I've got to get out by the 24th. Mm -hmm. And so I flew into Mexico on the 27th and I managed to have a, I get a 180 day visa, a six month visa. Yeah. And two days after I arrived, they changed that back to 30 days, which I've never done before. It's always mm. been a six month visa into Mexico. Now it's 30 days because of the amount of people that are wanting to come to Mexico. Wow. Because there's so many people around the world escaping. I, I don't know. It just felt like the right place to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do have a couple of friends here. And like I said, they don't like the government. Uh, it's close to the United States. It's close to other things if, if I need it to be. It's close to Peru. I mean, there's many places I can go from here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just, it just felt intuitively to be the right place to come to. And how does it feel now in Mexico, now that you're there? And do you see much mask wearing and QR scans? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm in Acapulco. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of masks wearing in Acapulco. I mean, everywhere, all the taxi drivers, every shop you go into. But, I mean, I don't, I don't wear them, and a lot of people don't wear them. There's no real enforcement of it, mm -hmm. but they like you to. Yeah. Like, we went to a restaurant a couple of weeks ago. They, they gave us masks at the door and asked us to wear masks between the door and the table, you know. And I kind of looked at it the whole way, like I was figuring out trying to oper how to operate it. You know, I just didn't put it on. I've never put one on. I just have not yet put a mask on. I even managed to fly all the way here from Australia wow. without putting a mask on. Well, we you did. Know, I had a little, I had a little exemption that a friend of mine bought at the markets. Said I am, I am exempt from wearing a mask for a valid reason. And if you turn it over, it had a bunch of QR codes on the back, which basically takes you to the legislation, which says you can't ask me what that reason is. Mm. You know. Yeah, and we I'm, found we found long flights to Mexico into Mexico with no PCR test required. Yeah. It's going to be a nice long journey, but yeah, it can be done. I mean, yeah. it took me it took me thirty eight hours to get to the United States mm. from Brisbane, so it was was absolutely ridiculous. But I managed to do it without wearing a mask. Yeah, cool. Because I had a valid reason, according to the thing. I mean, my valid reason is that I know it's complete fraud and masks are really bad for you, but yeah. nobody sort of asked me to explain that. But I think that's a valid reason, so, you know. And your plans in terms of, uh, so the dance for me in my head at least, is there is a degree of wanting food security and a bit of stability and if, you know, shit hits the fan in Mexico too but also flexibility to move around and not be too tethered to one place. Have you thought much about that? If you're going to just kind of float around intuitively or if it feels um, better to settle somewhere and get a bit of community going? I'm just going to, I'm just kind of floating around intuitively at the moment. I mean, if it does all turn to shit, then Mexico, I mean, you know, there's mangoes falling off the trees. Yeah. There's fish in the water. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can get by. Um, there's a lot of guns in Mexico as well if it really turned that way. Mm -hmm. um, I hope that it won't. But, I mean, I am seeing it. I mean, but I'm in Acapulco. So in these, in these in other areas, I'm told that there's no masks. There's just none of this stuff. Like mm -hmm. up in areas like um, up at Puerto Vallarta and perhaps over in, in uh, Yucatan, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Tulum and Cal uh, yeah. Cancun and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been there, but... Um, I'm told. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be in Acapulco for very long. Mm -hmm. I'm only in this general area because there's a couple of uh, conferences here 
early next year. Yeah, and I've cool. got friends here, so I'm kind of just trying to work my, my plan out mm-hmm. while I'm here and then I'll, I'll figure out where I'm actually going to go, but probably somewhere in Mexico for a while. I mean, with, with what's going on, I mean, I could probably effectively apply for refugee status here at the moment and I'd probably get accepted with what's going on in Australia. You it's know, amazing. it's wild. I met a young Iranian couple yesterday who actually fled Iran uh, nine years ago as refugees. They had to go to Christmas Island in Australia. They did the whole thing, you know, learning how to be Australian. They're still waiting for their visa and they're returning to Iran because they feel that concerned about what's happening here. They're fleeing back to the country and they're not allowed to return to Australia ever. They're, you know, you abdicate your rights before you get your citizenship granted. Like that's it's happening. The people returning to their home countries that they fled from. It's pretty mm, wild. Mm. The, the Europeans and the Middle Easterners that are in Australia know exactly what's going on because they've all seen this before. You know, mm-hmm. Australians have never known hardship. Mm-hmm. They've never seen a war. They've never seen a totalitarian system. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't even know history. They get fed a very, very um, sanitised version of the news. They don't know what's going on at all. So they've never seen anything like this and they're just sort of complacent and going along with it. You know, the lucky country, she'll be right, mate, all that sort of stuff, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that that's why they locked down the western suburbs in Sydney and Melbourne so drastically, like all yeah. the Lebanese and all that, because they've seen this. They fled this type of totalitarianism to get here. And uh, they're, they're completely terrified of what they're seeing. And, you know, the Australian government, like I said, you, you can't have any respect or or anything for these people. You cannot respect their authority. They've abdicated their, their right to any authority. They're operating outside the law. There is no law in mm. Australia anymore. If law exists in Australia, the politicians would already have been arrested for treason. The police would not be able to do what they're doing. These guidelines would not be able to be enforced they couldn't be creating this apartheid state that they're creating and, and happily creating, uh, building concentration camps under the guise of quarantine centres. If law existed, none of these things could happen, which is why you will not find any remedy in the mm-hmm. legal system. Yeah. And because the government and the police are operating so far outside the law, then really any action that's taken against them is completely justified. These people need to be pulled out of office and they need to be replaced immediately. If the government won't do it, if the governor won't do it, then the people should rally and do it themselves. You know, but what do you do? You don't want civil war, mm. you know? So just mass non-compliance, strike everything, yeah. shut everything down. That's what I said before, truck drivers and things, just shut it all down. Refuse service to all politicians, refuse service to all government industries, all government um, departments, refuse service to all of them. You know, the truck drivers could shut the whole country down. They could still be supplying food to the people. The people could still be working and doing it all, but refuse service to all government, anything to do with the government and refuse service to any of the politicians and, you know, surround these people in their government buildings and demand that they come out and don't leave until they do. And if they won't come out, we'll besiege them in the building starve them out you know i mean they're outside the law so you know what do you do you've got to do something have you looked into becoming an australian national like going back to the land and soil soil jurisdiction do you know much about that well look there's a lot of um tribal stuff going on with australia i mean doing that sort of thing you're talking about back to common law and things like that it's like giving back your birth certificate and citizenship Uh, there's a lot of talk about that being somewhat of a solution, but it feels very much still participating in the dance of language as opposed to the reality of what's presenting itself in front of us. 
It, that, that's the thing. I mean, you, you can do that and you, you can, I mean, there is some validity to it, but there is no law in Australia and they yeah. don't care what you do. They will just beat the hell out of you and throw you in a hole anyway yeah. because they can, mm-hmm. you know. And all of this stuff that we write down, I mean, there's, there's only one law really and that is that is do no harm. That is that is is God's law, whatever you want to call it. You know, the law of the Creator, the law of the divine. That's it. And you know, what is what is a human right? If if you think human rights are things that are written down on paper, yeah. well, then you don't have any. You know, a human right is the opposite of a human wrong. Mm. A human right is a human in right behaviour. You know, that is is what is needed. It's for people to remember this. I don't think there'll be any remedy in any type of law. I mean, you can do that. Even with the tribal stuff that's going on, I mean, we can move back into tribal law because tribal law still has jurisdiction on the country of Australia. But they don't respect that either. Look what they're doing to the tribal people. The tribal people have been trying to stand up and say to them, even under your own law, under your Recognition Act and everything that Julia Gillard did, you recognise that our law still exists on this country. Mm-hmm. They're going to see them and jab at them anyway. They don't care. They're shutting their communities down for the greater good, for the health, because it's about a virus, it's about a pandemic, so all the rules change, yeah. you know. So I don't think there'll be any remedy in the legal system. It's all fiction. The whole thing is fiction. What is real is us. This is what is real. People have to remember what they are. Mm -hmm. I've been saying this for like 15 years on the air. It really is the solution. And if people could just do that and have that epiphany, we could literally change the world in a day. Yeah. What timeline? Do you have any idea of how things are, are due to unfold? I know there's the 2030 agenda. There's a bunch of, and also competing agendas. It's not just one thing, right? There's different things unraveling in the world, possible war with China. Um, what do you see in the next few months? Do you think it's imminent for people? Do you think things are, are yeah, what are your thoughts? I think that um, a lot of people are going to suffer and die. Mm-hmm. over the next three three to 12 months. I mean, you could see a billion or, or more people die mm-hmm. over the next few months to a year. The more people get these jabs, the more their immune system is being compromised. Very soon, they're not going to have any immune system. The government will say it's a new virus. They'll say it's the Marburg virus yeah. when people have, start having organ failure and, and mm-hmm. hemorrhaging and all sorts of, which is all going to be a result of the vaccine. Yeah. And you that's know, so. That's our biggest concern. I mean, I'm I'm coming with quite a few people. Where f- it's the Marburg when that hits, I can't imagine there'll be any leaving Australia anymore. No matter what visa you're on, whatever exemption, it's going to be game over because we created an entire world shutdown for a zero point something percent deaths. Meanwhile, with Marburg, you know, aka they the they created they, they shut the world down to create the Marburg virus yeah. to to compromise everybody's immune system. There's, there's people now getting getting nosebleeds yeah. just from wearing masks for two years. Mm-hmm. All of their their um their capillaries, their blood vessels in their nose are all so weak now because they haven't been you know breathing air through them properly. They mm-hmm. haven't been getting that friction of the air. They're just having random nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. So many people wearing these masks, getting pimples all over their faces. They're getting lung damage from all the fibres that they're breathing in. Mm-hmm. So they've completely compromised people's immune systems. They're down on vitamin D from hiding inside and masking Not up and, and wrapping themselves in estrogen-producing plastic and all sorts of crap they're doing to people. Mm-hmm. So And now they're putting this toxic jab into people along with the psychological stress that's happening to people as well. So everybody's completely being set up 
for the for the real pandemic that they're creating with these jabs, these injections that they're giving to people. And it's just going to go on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. This is you to keep having these jabs forever more, just oh, forever more. It's so hidden Three in plain sight. Months, you know? Yeah, I mean, the politicians, I'm Canadian, so Trudeau, but you hear it here as well, all over. They're not saying if there's the next pandemic. They're saying when the next pandemic hits. They've got the camps built in Victoria. They have them built around the world. It's it's not if, it's when. It's coming out of their mouths. So, yeah, it's the, I guess, deciding if it's going to be a, a staying or going for people, but doing it promptly because you, we can feel it, you know, it's tightening. Things are, are closing in. Um, so, yeah. yeah, making a decision, I guess. Well, a lot of people are even becoming, like I'm getting emails from people, they're just saying they're terrified to go outside because they just, they, they see masks and it's starting to terrify them, the fact that everyone's just, just and it's, this is happening so rapidly and, mm-hmm. and so obviously. You know, so like I said, you, you've, you've got to try to find your tribe. It's, it's gone past the point of, of no return, even if we if we bring down the governments. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, we're, we're, in, we're heading for a point where the human race is going to divide because of the genetic modification that's happening. And not everybody's going to die, and a lot of these people will have children and these children are going to be genetically modified. They're all going to be hooked up to the mainframe. They're all going to be part of a hive mind. I mean, it may seem esoteric and, and like science fiction to people, but it's not. Oh, it's very happening. much true, yeah. So, and, and honestly, I mean, if people don't rise up and take Australia back, if there isn't, I mean, I mean, even even trying to put faith in the next election, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do that to just to hold some hope, you know, for the country to be taken back peacefully. You know, if Clive Palmer and... and you know, you got Ricardo Bozzi, you've got a few people there that, that are saying the right things. But, you know, if, if that doesn't happen, if there's some sort of a conflict or some sort of a anything, I mean, if Marburg breaks out or whatever, yeah. you know, they'll cancel that election. Of and course. if that happens, then there won't be any hope for any peaceful solution. And at that point, it, it's, it's either civil war or get out of the country, get out of harm's way and get mm-hmm. yourself to high ground, you know. And, and it's important that people who haven't taken the vax, realise that they, they are carrying the gene, the pure pure gene and the pure blood of, of humanity and they need to really work to preserve that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's important that uh, real people make it through what's, what's coming, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe one last topic. I'd love to know your thoughts on the financial aspect of all this. Um, currencies, there's cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin what role do you think all this might play in creating a new world, if not a parallel world, to what's going on with the the mainstream fiat currencies and how volatile that is with, you know, the bringing in of a social credit system and the, you know, daddy government kind of bestowing money on people in exchange for being um, good little citizens? Well, you got, you got, like, you know, the basic wage and like McDonald's and stuff is in the United States, which is usually about eight bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Now it's $17 an hour because they can't get anyone to work because no one wants to work because they're getting too many handouts from the government. So, you know, creating this whole socialist um, welfare state. Yeah. But but with cryptocurrencies and stuff, I mean, at the moment, that's all I can use is cryptocurrency. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm able to change that um, because I, I know people here, I can easily send some crypto to them. They can give me fiat so I can go and spend it and yeah. buy food and stuff. Makes it very difficult for me to, to buy plane tickets or anything, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at least I can live on it. But, um, I mean, in, in the world that could come out of this, 
with that, we may not even have technology. We may not, we may not, if it may be at the point where, because when all this surveillance comes on, when they, they kick in cyber polygon and they shut the internet down, it's, it's the hackers that did it. All the terrible hackers came on, they shut everything down, all that communication dropped, rah, rah, rah. all these terrible things happened in Australia and no one could get the word out because the hackers shut the internet down, you know? So this is, this is a problem if Australia goes dark or something like that. But if that happens, you're going to need biometric ID and all sorts of stuff just to go back online. And if you haven't, of course, you're going to need your, your digital pass, your, your government digital ID. And in order to apply for your government digital ID, of course, you're going to have to be double faxed. So if you can't get your double, your, your, your digital ID. Or quadruple vaxed by then. Online, yeah. So how good is your cryptocurrency? Yeah. You know what I mean? Can you even spend it if you're not able to access the internet? So I mean, it's good in a in a in a real world that that we take it back and technology actually serves us. Mm-hmm. It could be a good thing with the creation of AI as well. And when you think of AI, this all pervasive intelligence that's happening on the internet underneath everything else, the way it's been created, all of the little logics programs and all the things people create, all little actuality programs, a little. As soon as you create a program and you automate an action. You know, as I do this, then this happens. Well, you, you've created a, a little bit of intelligence. Mm. It might only have one function, but it's a little bit of intelligence. When you have bots in there hanging around the, the DNS root servers in JavaScripts and stuff, and they're grabbing all these little, little actuality programs and all these little things, and they're correlating it all into one overall intelligence, it becomes all pervasive through the internet. And it becomes, it gets to a point where it becomes virtually self-aware and it starts to govern what everybody else is doing. And you can think of the creation of AI. And I said in, in my film Transformation, you can think of the internet as being the, the central nervous system of a new new humanity or a new intelligence that's being created. Every person that plugs into that, like us here on these computers, each each computer terminal, each cell phone is a neural node of that new brain that's been created. Mm-hmm. The best way for this brain to gather all this information and correlate it all together and maintain it and, and as a functional thing is through the blockchain. So when people are using cryptocurrency and they're doing all this mining and stuff, they are also feeding the creation of this AI. Yeah. And they are also helping create this AI through the blockchain. You know, in a real world, you wouldn't need any type of currency except maybe gold and silver. You know, you'd be trans, you'd be sharing fruit and eggs and cows and chickens and whatever, you know. So, you know, in the type of world that might come out of this, whereby this society, I mean, the only way really humanity is going to get through this is if this society completely implodes into this technological nightmare. And it's going to get to the point where you're going to have to be involved in that technological nightmare. We're just going to have to go and live in the woods, mm-hmm. like like a cave dweller, like a like a tribal person in the woods with no technology at all. Mm-hmm. So you know what good is is cryptocurrency in that? Yeah, you know, like I said, in a real world where it wasn't run by criminals, it could free us from the the fiat system. It could free us from the banking system. We could create a, a technology like the internet, which is actually there as a repository for information, mm-hmm. a means of communication, a means of of shopping and hooking up travel and all the stuff we do, it's when it becomes about mass surveillance and and it it puts a barrier between you and reality whereby you need this technology in order to participate in reality. Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes a problem and that's what's happening. So, you know, unless, unless we can regain control of this system, 
then it's going to, you know, you're not going to end up uh, having technology at all if you want to be free. Yeah. You know, and it's got to the point now that AI is already running it. You know, and it's, I mean, you might say it's the companies doing all these things. They just do it because of the the carrot of, of money. We're going to make billions out of this. We're going to make billions out of five G and all that sort of stuff. That's just the carrot. It's it's all these companies that are acting independently due to their need for economic um, stability or, or economic fame or economic worth or wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to get all this money. That's what's driving it. But eventually they'll be locked out of it as well. If they don't comply or don't take the jab or don't do what they told or they said the wrong thing on social media or whatever, then they'll be off to the re-educational facility as well because it'll all be determined by AI. Yeah. You know, we're heading to a point where we won't even need governments. It will all be AI. The AI will determine what your social credit points are and depending on what they are, your particular re-education will already be worked out by the AI. Mm-hmm. You won't be getting a need for any trial. The cops will just come and pick you up, put you in the re-education centre and you'll have to get your social credit points back up. And they can be implants and they can control your thoughts and they can mould you into a lovely little robot the way they want. And if they don't, you don't do it well, they can harvest your body parts and do whatever they want with you. This is This is what's happening. I mean, the level of evil is just... You know, people people can't even comprehend it. So I really think um, the best thing people can do is get back in touch with themselves and get back in touch with their life skills and be prepared to completely get out of the system altogether if we don't stop this roller coaster that we're on. And, you know, technology is going to be of no use to you and, and either will the blockchain or cryptocurrency, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a local doctor here um, where I'm living in New South Wales who had given out, I think, 15 exemptions um, for the vaccine back when those were even somewhat considered to be a thing, Um, you know, for teachers and people who had extreme vaccine anxiety was essentially the the reason. Um, And he got a call from the medical board saying, if you give one more out, uh, we're going to have to put you into a training program because you clearly don't know how to do your job. And prior to that, he hadn't gotten the vaccine, and now he has. And in this, um, uh, well, it's a friend of mine that went to see him to get an exemption, will hopefully get an exemption, because he was giving them out. He said, don't you trust the government? The doctor said this to my friend, don't you trust the government? And he had yet, like you said, had since gotten the vaccine. And the rhetoric just starts. And all these things are already in place. It's it is hidden in plain sight. All the little pieces are kind of, maybe they're not put together completely yet, but they're there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty It's mind control. Yeah. The graphene, the graphene, I mean, it gets in there. They can replace your thoughts. They're putting them back door. So the vaccine essentially is an operating system. They mm-hmm. tell you it's an operating system. You know, 5G, it's all frequency stuff. I mean, you look at the tests they've done with mRNA and, and tests with, with genes in rats and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff they were doing with radio frequencies that I was talking about back in 2010 and 2012. It's all leading to this point. Yeah, so once they can get this operating system into you, they've got a back door into your vessel and they can do whatever they want and people don't even realise that these thoughts they're having and these things they're saying mm-hmm. are not coming from them. Um, maybe we can finish off with what gives you hope in all of this that's unravelling. I mean, there's a lot of chaos and um, craziness, but what, what gives you hope? Well... We came here for this test. There's a lot of really, really powerful souls here at the moment who came here for this test. And if you were not capable of passing this test, you wouldn't be here at this time. And this is a soul test. That's what it is. And, you know, all, all we can do, like I said, is you can you can show people where the doorway is, but it's up to them to walk through it. Ultimately, this comes down to an individual choice for each individual person. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's really how you exit the realm. 
You know, people are so afraid of death. They want to live all this stuff. I mean, sure, we, we want to live great lives. But, you know, you came here to exit the realm. It's how you do it. It's what the soul choices are that you're prepared to make along the way. And humanity will get through this. This is It's always darkest before the dawn, but we came here for this. There isn't anybody that is alive right now that didn't come here for this test. And the reason they came here is because they know they can pass it. Mm-hmm. So believe in yourself. Um, no stake in the outcome, Don. Throw yourself to the wind. If you if you throw yourself to the wind, you can ride it. Mm-hmm. Now, as I said before, face infinity without flinching. The knack of being able to face with serenity odds and circumstances that are not included in your calculations to be able to simply do what needs to be done. And if I couldn't do that, I wouldn't be here in Mexico. I'd just drop everything, pick up two suitcases and walk out. The spirit told me to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't even know what I was walking into. Mm-hmm. And when I arrived in Mexico, there was a guy who said, hey, look, our house is vacant at the moment. You can have it. And I ended up in this place which normally you, people would be paying $860 a night for, this palatial mansion in Mexico. And everyone's going, oh, look at Max living the highlight. <laughs> living there for free because one of the listeners of the show said, hey, we're stuck in the United States and we've got this this mansion there that, that would be better if someone was in it, yeah. you know. So it was amazing. So that's what happens when you throw yourself to the wind. But don't don't um, don't believe you can't get through this. You can. Yeah, if the people don't rise up, I mean, we've only really got until May to turn this around. Um, so, yeah, just, just be prepared for a plan B, darling. Be prepared to go somewhere else if you have to. If it's within the shores, then it's within the shores. But mm-hmm. uh, I'd, I'd be getting out of the cities and um, encouraging others to do the same and encouraging non-compliance because really, like I said, we can fight the battle from home. We can simply say no mm-hmm. and the whole world would change. Thank you so much for your time, Max. I really appreciated it. This was awesome. My pleasure, Camille. Nice to meet you. Nice Likewise. to connect with you. Hopefully and... cross paths in Mexico at some point soon. Well, yeah, look, if you if you need um, help getting over here or anything like that, if you can get over here and you need help and you, you need, if you don't know anybody here and you need a, a place to, you know, to land, it's all good. We can, we can sort that out. Cool. Talk soon, Max. No worries. Bye for Bye-bye. now.